Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saltalamacchia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. It's nice to be able to sit. Oh, crushed. Right center, Dale. Points to the dugout. I think he called it. Lead off bomb. As soon as the ball left the bat, he locked eyes in the dugout and raised the index finger to say, I told you. I would say he's in a pretty good middle frame of mind today after the day off yesterday. Lordy mercy. Woo. That was 110.7 on contact. Obliterated. What's a better way to start a week than a John Sadak, Ellie De- De La Cruz home run call? I'll give you the answer to that. There is no better way to start the week. Absolutely no better way to start the week. And it's going to be a great week. It was a great weekend. It's a great time to be alive in the world of baseball. Just over a week to go before the trade deadline. We're going to have a ton of trade deadline content here at Baseball Isn't Boring. At BB Isn't Boring, Twitter, Instagram account. Uh, producer Evan doing a great, great job growing those and just doing a great job in general. But first, we want to thank FanDuel. FanDuel, thank you so much for jumping aboard the Baseball Isn't Boring Express. Couldn't do it without you powering us through the entire year. It's a great time to be a part of Baseball Isn't Boring. It's a great time to be part of FanDuel. Betting isn't boring, yep. We'll get to more of that as the week unfolds. The lines have been set. The favorites have been made. 
Now we're trying to figure out what's what in terms of defining exactly what you have in the standings, who are going to be buyers, who are going to be sellers. Let's go through the standings really, really quick before we get to our main topic of the day. And the Orioles now, holy mackerel, they're two games up on the Rays. Two games up on the Rays, the first place Orioles. Rays obviously firmly still entrenched, four and a half up in the wild card. Toronto also another wild card team. Two teams in the American League East who are two back in the wild card right now, obviously still in it, Red Sox and Yankees. In the Central, Cleveland now three back of the Twins. In the West, in the American League West, Houston also three back. And they're back, one game back in the wild card. As for the other teams in the American League West, well, you have the Angels four back in the wild card. They're still in it. Otani, as we sit here right now, you would guess he is not going anywhere. And a topic of the day. On this podcast, the Seattle Mariners, they're four and a half still in it. They had a pretty good weekend, took their series here. They're four and a half back in the wild card. In the National League, you have the, both the Phillies and the Marlins. They're a half game back in the wild card. The Marlins finally win. Holy mackerel, they were on a skid. The Mets, uh, not going well. Well, not going well. And we're going to have a lot of Mets content tomorrow. Brendan Nimmo. Brendan Nimmo jump, jumps on by for a third time on the Baseballs and Boring Podcast. He's one of the best, and that's why we went back to him. Also, very, very timely considering where the Mets are at right now. Seven and a half back in the wild card. Reds, you heard them. The Reds, Ellie De La Cruz and company, John Sadek and company, another John Sadek, another guy who is going to be on the Baseballs and Boring Podcast this week. The Reds are a half game up in the wild card. The Cubs hanging in there. Five and a half back. They've won three in a row. Five and a half back in the wild card. Six and a half in uh, the central in terms of first place the west a couple teams skidding man the dodgers sort of pulling away there we said it i said it i told you the dodgers were going to be the team in the second half other than the braves they were going to be the team to look out for they're going to be the team who you actually would say they have a really really good chance to at least make it to the world series they are in a collision course with the atlanta brave they're dodgers right now 57 and 41 they are four games up both on the Diamondbacks and the Giants Diamondbacks lost four in a row the Giants have lost five in a row and how about the Padres okay are they going to buy are they going to sell we had Ellen Adair on the podcast and I had told Ellen I thought the Padres would actually buy well they're six back I think it's another wait and see situation there. so there you go there are the sand things let's go back to a team that we mentioned the Seattle Mariners there is no better general manager to talk to at, in, the, in the week leading up to the trade deadline than Jerry DePoto. Jerry DePoto obviously running the ship when it comes to the Seattle Mariners, known throughout baseball as the guy who is going to make the trades, going to make the most trades, going to take the most chances. And he is going to give us the landscape of this trade deadline. Jerry came on the podcast in spring training, obviously was excellent. And now at the most important time to have a general manager on the podcast, he is the guy to do it. He talks about what the landscape is right now. He talks about his history, about trying to thread the needle, buying, selling, 
all in the same deadline. He talks about last year, about jumping the market, getting Carlos Santana, and then going on a 17-4 run. All of it is fascinating stuff. All of it is the perfect perspective that you need at the trade deadline. So subscribe, rate, review, all of that. At, as I said, at BB isn't boring. At BB isn't boring. Buy the shirts, buy the book. Most importantly, listen to the podcast. So, or equally as important. All right, we're going to kick off the week with a great one. Here is Jerry DePoto. All right, one of our favorites, one of our absolute favorites, because uh, he helped uh, once again answer the question we ask all GMs, which is ketchup flavored potato chips, bad or good? Jerry DePoto, we got. <laughs> oh, man. I like. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, let me ask you this, Jerry. When's the last time you just made that face that you just made when I mentioned ketchup potato chips? Uh, you know, probably when my mom was trying to get me to eat some type of protein that I didn't particularly favor as a as a an elementary school student. You know, that's <laughs> your flavored potato chips. I don't get it. Well, we exactly. So we've pulled a lot of people, and the closest we came to Alex Anthopoulos actually liking these was, um, oh my goodness, uh, oh twins, Black. <laughs> Derek Bad. Yeah, Derek Falvey. Derek Falvey said they had him at lunch in Lynn, it, uh, which is, you know, yeah, not good. Not good. The other thing that we have, uh, we also, since our last appearance, Jerry, was that we talked about the the fittest GMs. And I I presented uh, Chris Antonellis. I said, congratulations. It's you and everybody else, from what I understand, right? Correct? That's right. That is right. A, Chris Chris runs up and down Camelback carrying the rest of us on his back just to make it more of a challenge for himself. Uh, well, I'm glad that we get to the important stuff out of the gate. Um, first of all, how are you? I want to say, how are you? How's everything Not going this time? Yeah. You know, we had the big, you know, all-star game here in Seattle. We had the draft going on simultaneously, come out of it right into the uh, the trade deadline. So it's a, it's a busy time. It's tough, man. Like with the draft, I talked to, I think it was AJ Preller about that, said, you know, the 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 All-Star game used to be this time where you could take a breath. <laughs> no breaths were taken, right? Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. Now you go. I don't know the last time AJ actually took a breath, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's in theory that the, the All-Star break used to be your breath time. Speaking of guys in, in the conversation for being in shape, um, anybody who wears sweatpants all around, you 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 know they're they're at the ready with the hoop games. But anyway, so when it comes to this time of year, I do want to talk about to get your perspective of it. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this podcast because the image that I have of GMs is you wake up, the phone's ringing. You go to bed, the phone's ringing, and everywhere in between, the phone's ringing. Uh, maybe that's not the case, but does it feel that way a little bit at this time of year? No, you know, in about a week, it'll feel that way. And definitely the, you know, the three, four days prior to the actual deadline. But for now, I th- you know, I think one of the, the unique adjustments the game made when we moved the draft to, to coincide with the All-Star game in July is that we started making our initial rounds of, of trade check-ins with the other 29 clubs you know, in some cases, you know, back in late May, you know, just to make sure we were ahead of it as everybody got into their draft meetings and, and have a good feel for where teams might 
situate themselves. You know, now a lot changed in, in that five or six weeks that we were all, you know, underground. But by and large, we have, once those calls are made, now you can just check in with a, with a quick text. You can make a call in on your drive to work. You know, the, your position changed. and Or you might get a, hey, add us, you know, to the list on so-and-so type of, of you know, kind of, uh, check in and and those are you know that made it a little bit easier to where you don't feel like you're you're you know, drinking from a fire hose for the two weeks prior to the deadline and, and I actually feel like it's a it's pretty that's the best part of the routine with the draft having moved locations is that how it is like you just mentioned add us to the list and I know it's not like that a lot of times you say we want this guy maybe not a lot but for for obvious guys and there's a lot of them is is there is there hey we realize there's other teams in on this. Add us to the list. Let us know what's going on. Is that how that works? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. You know, when teams, you know, teams that are that are hanging on the the fringes, like we are right now, you know, that when you talk to clubs about potential to to line up on a pending free agent that, you know, is is playing for a team that is not close to the playoff race and it's a, you know, it's a, essentially a foregone conclusion that players likely to get moved. Uh, you know, you, you can just say, hey, not sure where we're going to be in a week, but just, you know, count us as interested, depending on where this goes over the next six or seven days. And then just continuing to check in to see where the market is going for that player. And, you know, and similarly, you're doing that across the board with with other players who might be available. And, you know, and, and then you're going to get a call and it could happen today or it could happen next Wednesday where a team's going to say, oh, we didn't play well for the last four or five days. We're probably moving in the other direction. And you know, now a, a whole new, you know, subset of players may hit the market and, and could change the way teams are either viewing yours or give you, you know, more potential targets to go out and, and try to grab. Well, w- without obviously naming names, have you started to get those calls? Uh, like, because, it, you know, you're sort of in between here, right? Um, uh, but have you started to get those calls? And maybe it's one team, maybe it's two teams, maybe it's three teams, because Oh, before the All-Star break, we were still sort of in this no-man land with a bunch of teams. Have you started to get these calls? You know, we're kind of in that no-man's land with the rest of those teams, but we've been fielding those calls for quite a while, and I think that's more a matter of, of our reputation. You know, we, we tend to deal, and we typically are are among the early movers in, in all the different, you know, varieties of trade market, whether it's in November, uh, whether it's at the trade deadline, even if it's, you know, when we're talking about kind of roster management, moving players with, with options or without in, in the spring. So, you know, we, teams tend to check in with us early because we do tend to jump the market. We're not in that position this year. You know, we've effectively just informed teams that we're going to wait and see how it plays out for us over the course of the next week and and choose you know the the ultimate direction, and we've told them generally where we're like we're likely to head if if we don't make up any ground, and and the things that we'd like to try to accomplish if we do. I have I have sung your praises not only because you're a good guy, you're a good GM, and you don't like ketchup flavored potato chips, but I have used the Carlos Santana thing like a million times, man. Like I have, you know, because in June. We always say, okay, let's go. I strike while the iron's hot. And I had always had to default to the Steve Pierce conversation on June 29th. But thanks to you, I have defaulted to the Carlos Santana situation on June 28th, I believe. And 17 and four after that, 
And I, so this, you chose not to go down that, that road this time, but how impactful is something like that? And how difficult is it? Because we can say, Hey, listen, show your clubhouse that you want to go for it by doing the trade in June. But then everybody else will say, well, there's a tax you have to pay if you do a deal that, that early. Talk a little bit, if you can, about sort of how, how difficult that is to do and how impactful it was to do. You know, for, for most teams, they don't really like to engage until we, we get a little bit closer to the deadline. And then there's other teams, you know, that, that are probably a little bit further off the mark. They're, they're a little bit further down in the standings. They're looking to shed a little bit of payroll. And they know that if they move, you know, sooner, they have the potential of, of getting a better return. I, I think there's equal argument to be made on both ends of the spectrum. If you're the team that's going on June 28th, you might be paying a premium to jump that market. You know, similarly, if you wait until, you know, the hour of the deadline, it is certain that you are paying a premium at that point. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, our general thought is, you know, and the Carlos Santana is a great example. We had an acute need because we just lost our first baseman to the IL. We had just started to make a move with a young team that we wanted to, you know, we wanted to make sure that they had this stable roster around them that was going to allow them to grow forward. And and it turned out even better than we could have hoped. And and some of that was what Carlos did in our clubhouse. Some of it was, you know, clutch homers that he hit over the course of his first three weeks here. I think there was like five of them, but uh, it's it was it was a, a perfect fit for us at the time, and you know this year we probably had you know as much a need. It wasn't as acute because we weren't really losing anybody to to an IL or or anything like that. And now, as a, an acute need popped up yesterday, for example, with, mm. with losing Jared Kelnick for a while, you know we we are not in a similar situation to where we were a year ago, and and the market doesn't seem to have opened quite yet. So, you know, we're just going to have to sit on our hands for a bit. And these are usually the days when somebody locks me in a closet and, and they'll come get me when when the, the real action starts. Well, I appreciate that you coming out and doing this, but it's so, but here's, a, I know everyone loves hypotheticals. If the Kelnick thing happens around the time the Santana trade happens, do you take a different approach? Do you think? You know, we might, we might. Yeah. And it's a, you know, right now we don't yet have an idea of, of when Jared might be back. Similarly, last year, you know, at, on, in, in late June, when we lost Ty France, we thought we were going to be without Ty France for four to six weeks. And, you know, we quickly pivoted and went out and got Carlos Santana. We didn't feel like we had an in-house solution. Similarly, we we're not certain that we have an in-house solution today, but you know, different than our first base situation a year ago, we do have a trio of young left-hand hitting outfielders in AAA. They're all between the ages of 24 and 26. Taylor Trammell has a fair bit of, of major league exposure. Dave Marlowe made his big league debut yesterday. He's been a, a 20 homer, 20 stolen base, you know, 100 RBI guy for consecutive years in the minors. And, uh, and, and Zach Deloach, who was our second round draft pick in 2020. So there, there's, we do feel like there's some guys in house that we can give some run and would prefer to do that, you know, in, and just wait to see how the market, you know, pans out. I can't tell you what it would have been like if this would happened three weeks ago. We, we may have saw it as more daunting, especially because we were on the upswing and, and a little bit closer to the, to the playoff line than we are today, actually. Yeah. That's why I kind of asked, but so. Does is another? I know that uh, hypotheticals are always a, a tricky thing, but also the what does this feel like compared to a year ago? That's always a tricky thing. 
What does it feel like compared to a year ago? Yeah, I guess <laughs> a year ago this time we were we were in one of the playoff spots. You know, we were holding down. I think at that time we were holding down maybe the second playoff spot. We had just come off a 14-game heater, which was uh, a, a whole lot of fun. This year's group equally as talented, I mean, maybe more so. Our roster is probably on paper a little more complete than it was a year ago. Our rotation is young and it's deep and it's, it's impact. Our bullpen's probably better, even performance-wise, than we were a year ago. But offensively, we've kind of been stuck in the middle. You know, we, we've just been grinding our gears with, you know, two up, two down. And I, it's first time, you know, we were sitting down in Scott Service's office the other day, just just rapping for a while. And and I, I've never really been associated with a team that has had such a difficult time getting traction. And and that goes in both directions. You know, we haven't won more than four in a row. We haven't lost more than four in a row. It's over the last 10, we're five and five. Over the last 20, we're 10 and 10. Over the last 30, we're 15 and 15. It's just, that's how we've been for for quite a while and and it would be nice to see us gain some traction and it wouldn't surprise me at all if once we get on the other side of the trade deadline we catch it we catch some air and and we we win 20 out of 30 it's very possible how about the market like i saw um i forget what gm was that said i've never seen a market like this and you know you can chalk it up to the playoff format you can chalk it up to Teams like yours, I mean, teams like I go down the list. Like you said, there's good and there's bad. There's good and there's bad. I mean, there's a lot of teams going through this. It seems this year. Does the market like you said you never felt like this running a team? Has this been a unique market for you as we sit here? You know, it is. I think there's there are a number of teams who are open to you know, I guess the quote unquote sellers. First of all, I will say that that in in 2023. Many of the teams, and, and we are one of them, generally straddle the line. You know, you, you go into the deadline with the, the, an open mind. You're willing to do a little buying. You're willing to do a little selling. And you're constantly trying to do the thing that helps your, your current team and in some way addresses future needs as well. Whether that be, you know, players for next year's club, it's payroll adjustments, whatever it is that, that your organization is in need of. You, you look to the deadline to help with that. That being said, there are a fair number of teams, you know, who all have already determined that they are more likely to land on the seller front. And, and there might not be matches, you know, with those teams as uh, it's maybe more than ever. There are a, a group of teams that are that are somewhere between one and we'll call it five games back in a, in a division or playoff spot. And, when I say a number of teams, there might be five or six in each league that are in that space. And and even some teams in the National League, especially, who have sub-500 records and on paper, it, it doesn't look great for them. They're so talented mm. that it wouldn't be inconceivable to see that team just go off and rip off a 2011 St. Louis Cardinals, you know, September and all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're the world champs. So it's it's such a unique time because there's not enough sellers. There's a lot of buyers. And then there's this group of teams in the middle that are just going to hold and wait until the end. And when you get to the end, they're probably going to say, ah, I want to do a little of this, a little of that. <laughs> so Passion, drive, and patience. 
What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Well, it's interesting. Well, you you say, that's another thing I want to ask about, that little of this, a little of that. Um, it's a dangerous thing. And, and I can point to last year where a few teams, including the team that I'm around a lot, the Red Sox, tried to do a little of this, a little of that. The Brewers, hater, you know, same thing. Um, it's a hard thing to do. It seems like on paper, it seems logical. But I'll give you the example for the Red Sox point of view. I've been thinking a lot about this because they get back useful guys. Like they got back Reese McGuire. Tommy Pham was useful. It's not like they didn't get back useful guys. But the biggest thing was the perception in the clubhouse was so powerful. And that's, I think, where you have to be. I'm not telling you how to be a GM, but that's where you have to be careful. In my eye, you have to be careful because you can take out a guy. You think, okay, well, we're getting other guys back. But the perception when they took Vasquez out was so strong that we're selling. We're selling. And then then these other guys, they don't get traded. So anyway, what's your view of that, of of, of the, the intricacies of doing a little bit of a little bit of that? Yeah, I, I guess the year before, what you just described with the Red Sox or or, or with the, the Brewers and Padres, we weren't in too dissimilar a situation. We were – by the way, I'll take a pause and quickly say the the authentic feel that I'm getting from the guy dropping off the, the press sheets is wearing the paperboy hat during this this podcast is just phenomenal. Want to, to read the game notes? Right that's, that's, I, mean, I, mean, I, I feel like I'm with you at Fenway. And, and I, I, well, I feel like – so in case people don't know, I'm doing this from Fenway Park, and uh, I could – I could turn, I, which I know what you'd rather do instead of watching me. And I know you would rather watch the Red Sox take infield practice right now. Uh, so I could turn this around, but then, uh, then I could see you. So I'm being greedy. So I apologize. No, it'll, it'll give me a chance. I, if I can see BP, what's going on down there, maybe I can call Haim and get something. Oh, they, they, oh, listen, I tell you what, Rafael Devers just made a clean play at third. <laughs> there I hit a go. couple of bombs in BP. <laughs> I know who, who would ever, would ever know. More importantly, the Mets have uh, the Mets might be a more pertinent team. They have a BP after. So anyway, we're here to we're here to bring people into the action. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no. Back to you know, in 2021, we were a team not too dissimilar situation than we're in today, which is on the on maybe the the far rim of of the the American League playoff picture we were making up ground in our division we were fun young you know upstart team that maybe some flaws that that we felt like we needed to uh, to address and more importantly we had a number of bodies to jump you know in that in that playoff race teams that were ahead of us and we thought the chances were slim, but we wanted to give ourselves a chance in, in 21 
while continuing to put pieces in place for 22 and beyond. And, you know, and we had a, a closer. It wasn't Josh Hader, but we had Kendall Graveman, mm-hmm. who was a pending free agent. You know, and we, we didn't expect to have Kendall back for the following season. And, you know, if that's, if that's going to be, uh, if that is a deadline decision, you are always, you know, going to get your best returns at the deadline. And, you know, I think that's a general uh, assumption league wide. And, and we had an opportunity. We had, we had just recently designated Rafael Montero for its assignment and Rafi's week ran down. And on the final day of his week, you know, the, the, there were seven teams, I think, that, that had interest in trading for him, the Astros being one of them, who were directly in front of us. And, uh, and the night before, we had a, a dramatic, big-time, heartfelt walk-off win with a grand slam uh, to, to beat the Astros, which we hadn't done a lot of in the, in the previous, let's call it, six years. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we, it was a big win. And the next morning, because it was Rafi's day, we had put together a deal with the Astros where we would trade them both Montero and Graveman for Joe Smith and Abraham Toro, believing that Toro could move forward as as a as a nice piece on our roster, switch hitting, you know, utility player who played a lot of spots, and uh, and we made that move, and I mean, it, it truly it was like somebody just dropped a bomb on us. So the the clubhouse it was was in disarray. The players thought we were quitting on them. You know, there was uh, there, there were a lot of things being thrown or destroyed in, in the background, you know, by I think about one and a half players, but it was still a thing. And and, uh, you know, I, I, I said then and I, I addressed it at the time, guys, this isn't the only thing we're doing. It's just a little bit early because it was a unique timing with Montero and and he was a, a part of this deal. And, and then we turned around in the 72 hours right after it, and, and we acquired Diego Castillo to backfill our closer position or at least take part in that late-inning leverage game. You know, we went out and got – you know, we added to our team. And, and uh, you know, I think the key uh, elements are you if, – if you do the, the buy-sell thing, you actually have to do both. And what I learned at that time is you have to be prepared to do both – you know, in somewhat close proximity to one another, or you're just going to have to wear it a little bit until the full picture comes into view. And, you know, in the jobs that we do, unfortunately, one of the things you get good at is just wearing it for a little bit until, <laughs> until it, it, it plays out. Do you, did you have to address the teams? Did you have to address the most disgruntled players? I mean, how's that work? Yeah, it, it's actually pretty funny. You know, it's a we've we never go down and, and address a team before we make a trade. You know, it's I, I guess it's not a common practice to walk into a full room and say, "Hey, guys, we're trading you." <laughs> it's a, it, it just seems you know, a little unfair, and and uh, I don't. It's it's not fair in general to to be traded, but I you know I experienced it a couple times as a player, and you know you get used to it. What did happen that in that particular situation was. The, the players, because we were playing the Astros, just walked across the field and changed sides. And that night, Kendall came in to pitch against us. And in the first inning he pitched against us, 
Abraham Toro hit a bomb off him <laughs> and it, <laughs> it turned into a thing. And, and, uh, and immediately what the, the, what that day was this feeling of they've abandoned us to, you know, like guys throwing their fists up in the air, like, Oh, we got a guy. We got a real <laughs> so, I don't know if that's uh it, it was, it was pretty comical at the time. It was very uncomfortable. You know, we were, we were the talk of, of uh, baseball network for a week as everybody determined whether the, you know, the chemistry of building clubhouse uh, culture, if your culture is good enough and it, there's the guys that were angry, they're good guys. They just got angry. And I, and I don't blame them. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's tough in the, I guess the, the, the foxhole for 162 games. And you just want to believe that your front office is with you and believes in you. And we did believe in that group. We ultimately missed out on the postseason on the, the actually the final weekend when three teams mm-hmm. went in and two were going to get there and we were the one that went home. But uh, there's I think we did the right thing for the organization and, and we just had to bear it for for a couple of days until the team figured out what we were trying to get done. It's funny. I, I saw Sonny Gray at the All-Star game and I because he had always oh my goodness, he's like he's led the league in trade rumors for a run there. Right. And he said. I said, did you ever go to David Forrest? You said, hey, did you ever say, hey, what's up? And he said, I finally did. I went up there and I finally asked him and he was honest with me. I don't know how many times in your career that players have actually bit the bullet and just say, hey, just, can you tell me what's going on? Can you tell me if I'm, you know, because I'm hearing all these rumors. Do players do that very, I mean, I would imagine very often. Oh yeah, sometimes oh, really? sometimes they do. You know, in my my very first opportunity as a GM, I was the interim GM in in Arizona, summer of 2010, and we were having a rough year, uh, which is you know part of how I got to to be the interim GM, and and uh, it, we were breaking the team down at the trade deadline, and I. I took over that year on July 2nd and, you know, my first chore was to effectively take a team that had in, in the two out of three years prior were either divisional champ or, you know, finished second in the division. And we were going to start moving off some of our veteran guys to, to, to get younger, you know, more sustainable restock the high end of the farm and, and try to rebuild the, the roster. And, and uh, we had really marketable players and, and we were getting hit a lot. Uh, uh, you know, our struggles weren't naturally because we had no talent. We just had a really rough bullpen. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, long story short, one of the players that was most focused on, maybe the most focused on player in that deadline was Dan Heron. And, mm. you know, Danny had come over from Oakland, big trade that we made in 2007. And, you know, joined the club. Now we've got maybe two of the, at the time, you know, six or eight best pitchers in the league and Danny Heron and Brandon Webb. And, you know, a fun young position player club. And, and it didn't really go the way we'd hoped. And then as soon as we we informed clubs that we were willing to, to talk about Heron. You know, it's a, it was pretty important to Danny, you know, where he ended up. And, and because, you know, we had been there together, it wasn't like I just walked in from a different, you know, organization to, to take this seat. I'd been there, you know, in, in scouting and player development for a number of years. And I just sat down with him and talked to him about what was important to him. And I generally kept him in the loop. And I said, I can't promise you we're going to trade you somewhere you love, but 
you know, if all things are equal, we'll trade you to the place you want to go. And and we were able to do that. You know, we put together a deal, four team deal with the the Angels, and there was a, probably a, a a similar deal that uh, we could have done with two teams from the East. And and uh, he really wanted to be in the West, and we were able to to keep keep him there. And and we got I, in the end, we got the best deal. We took the right, uh, mm-hmm. we took the right one of the three offers, but. You know, listening to what was important to Danny and his family was was uh, it was a, it was critical, and we wound up uh, doing the thing by him. That goes a long way, obviously. Like that, you know, work because you know baseball's a, a chatty place, and when people hear that you do things like that, that goes a long way. Obviously, um, the last it only question. lasts really as long as about the time it takes you to get over the the the, the burn that you feel after you trade Kendall Grape because. <laughs> You remember that one longer than I know. I I know, but for the players, you know, like if uh, you know, I think that communication. I because I've you hear about oh well, the front office is up here, and we never deal with it. And any time, and I know that it's different from a manager to the players. General manager, you can't get too tight with them, right? That's that's the thing. But still, any communication works along those lines. The last thing is Jerry is that you know I saw the video of uh, Jared. You know, and man, like on the in the dugout, and I just, uh, I think everybody felt for him. Um, from your perspective, what's that communication like for you? You know, I think there's the what's happened has happened. You know, it, if I could have gone down there and thrown some towels around the bucket before he kicked it, or grabbed his foot and said, "Hey, don't do that," you know. But you know, here from my perspective, and this is maybe just having played, there's not one of us that, that ever played that didn't feel in a moment that didn't, you know, that didn't get emotional. It didn't snap, you know, throw a glove, hit something. And I, I, I it reminded me of a funny story. I was playing for the Rockies in the nineties and, you know, and I, Don Baylor was our manager and I came in and I blew a save, at, you know, and now I'm walking off the field. I've got my, my glove in my pitching hand and, and I walk into the dugout and I sideswipe the, the bullpen phone that's sitting up on, you know, it's on the wall and, and Groove is sitting yeah, five feet away from the phone and the phone and the box pop off the wall and it hits the bench, tumbles to the floor. It's all over the dugout floor. It's really quiet in the dugout. And, and Don looks down at the phone and then very calmly looks over at me and he goes, when the phone's full, <laughs> and, you know, I, you learn as you go. And, and, uh, you know, in that moment, I was fortunate enough not to break anything. Jared wasn't as fortunate. I, you know, there's, you just go down. He's a young player. You, you hope it's a, it's a learning moment and that the next time he feels that emotion, he's able to, to kind of capture it and walk on by. You now, then the thing for me is to talk about the positive. He's out there facing John Duran, who might have the best, pure stuff of any pitcher in baseball he's facing 104 105 mile an hour fastballs with a 90 mile an hour splitter and he freezes him on his third best pitch that he paints on the outer part of the plate after a 10 pitch at bat which uh, tip your cap you know it's a it's not a bucket kick moment you know you're chasing that result it's a you know appreciate your own process for putting a great at bat on a guy with nasty stuff well, I appreciate it. I appreciate your time as always. I appreciate your city. I, I enjoyed my time there. Um, I, I, I single-handedly supported the scooter industry because I got lost <laughs> on it. I got lost. Do you ever take one of those scooters around? Uh, scooters around those the lime scooters? Yeah, the the li- yeah, 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 the best, right? So I'm like, I'm going to go down by the water. 
Well, I ended up going down the wrong side of the Pacific Coast because, uh, long story short, I spent uh, two hours on the scooter, went 11 miles. I did see a lot of Seattle, but I did. I, it's, I don't, a, it's a beautiful city on a it's scooter. It's a beautiful city on a scooter. Uh, it is. But, um, yeah, I guess if there's any city that I'm going to pay 50 bucks to ride 11 miles on, I'd tell you what, my core has never been more activated <laughs> <laughs> and that that will be my takeaway from this podcast. <laughs> here you go. Ready? Ready to? I'll, I'll, here you go. Here's here's Fenway Park. I'm showing you Fenway Park. There it is. As gorgeous as it ever is. Yeah. There's Kelly Chances sweating as always. So, uh, all right. Well, thank you so much, man. I always appreciate it. All right, bro. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.